You may have heard it said, any man can be a father, but it takes someone special to be a dad. What if you grow up without knowing either? We're going to look into that on today's episode. How do you do, friends? Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. <laughs> yes, and that includes sound effects. We do this by using true life stories of real people. I'm Timothy Gregory, and today we are going to focus on dads, or the lack thereof, and specifically, what is the impact of not having a father figure? Can you imagine? Well, maybe you don't have to, which was the case for the man in our story. And we are going to tell you all about it on this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You know, Billy Graham once said, A good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. Truer words, right? Well, Billy Graham, so what do you expect? made a life out of speaking truth. What is also true is the resentment, potential misbehavior, and even uh, all-out rebellion that can come from a, a fatherless boy. And Thomas Irvin is about to tell you what that was like in this week's episode. Also, you want to stick around because later we are going to hear directly from a very wonderful lady, one of our listeners from Georgia, and we'll give the rest of you an opportunity to enter our sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize. Settle down. <laughs> but it is a prize. And I think it's a prize that you're really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. Part one of the true testimony of Thomas Irvin. Thomas, y'all stay here in the car till I get back from the store. Hear me? Yes, ma'am. Something's wrong. I've never seen Mom like this. Is she okay? Why didn't she... Shh, look. Who's that man she's talking to? Never seen him before. Looks like she knows him. Oh, no. He's really, really mad. He just said something awful. Look at Mom. Thomas, what are you doing? Get my knife. Thomas! Stay here. Thomas, don't, don't, don't! She's coming back. Hurry, get back in! That was close. Thomas, shut your door now. Yes, ma'am. Mama, who is that man? Your father. The young man in our story was on a quest to find a father he never knew. He had no idea just how far that quest would lead him. We now bring you part one of the true story of Thomas Irvin, right now on Unshackled. Mom was 16 years old when she gave birth to me. She was at a hospital in Memphis known as The Med. Might as well have been the city zoo. She was homeless, alone. How's mom doing? Um, okay. How's my boy? Doctor, he's not breathing. Looking blue. No pulse. Doctor? Start compressions. Starting compressions. I need to see him. 
We're doing all we can. Anything blocking his airway? I'm checking. Hold on. He's starting to breathe. Start oxygen. Two liters. Color's improving. Oh, come on, little Thomas. Come on, baby. <sighs> I think we're gonna save this one. Oh, Thomas! Yep, that was me. Making my dramatic entrance. You'll notice there's one voice missing from this story. Yeah, my dad. So there I was, a brand new kid born to a 16-year-old homeless girl. My mom often says we grew up together. While this is sweet and a sentimental truth, it came with great trouble. Growing up without a father didn't seem like a big deal to me. I had no idea what I was missing. It was my normal. One of the few men that was around was, in fact, no man at all. You want to repeat what you just said? No, I just... You just what? You gonna justify yourself? Huh? Mama? Please tell me, not in front of the kids. Let me make this clear, woman. Nobody tells me what to do. I will do whatever I want, whenever I want. And you ain't never gonna stop me. Come here! Please don't! Just shut your mouth. I'm gonna teach you a little Mama. lesson. Shut up, kid. I'll start on you next. No. Please, stop. I can't breathe. Oh, yeah? Well, maybe you'll remember this next time you dare mouth off to me. His name was Tommy. Even though I was only four or five, I hated Tommy with all my heart. And here I was, a little kid totally helpless to help my mom as Tommy beat her, strangled her. There was nothing I could do to stop this man, stop this evil. A rage was born inside of me. A rage that grew stronger and stronger over the eight awful years they were together. They'd split up for a few days, maybe a few weeks, and he'd come back with all his wicked charm, like nothing ever happened. And mom was so desperate to be loved, she'd take him back, as though nothing ever happened. But something was happening inside of me. Thomas, what are you doing? Oh, hi, Miss Smith. I'm playing basketball. I can see that. Do you plan to come inside for class anytime soon? Ma'am, with all due respect, I mean, algebra or basketball. <laughs> Thomas, stop. Look at me. Yes, ma'am? You really want to do well at school, don't you? Yes, ma'am. I already knew. Thomas, you're intelligent, you're athletic, you're very capable. But there's someone holding you back. Oh, you didn't hear. Uh, Tommy's gone. Mom finally left him. I'm, I'm so glad. Tommy isn't the one who's been holding you back. Then who is? You. Huh? Thomas, you could be anything you set your mind to. I've seen your artwork. Beautiful. I've read your writing. It's really good. I've seen you excel at sports, football, track, and yes, basketball. I want you to really hear what I said. I hear you. You can do anything you set your mind to. But Thomas, you've got to focus. You've got to have discipline. You've got to keep at it. You sound like Brian. Brian? Mom's new guy. Brian's nice to her and all, works hard, drinks a bit, but I don't pay much attention to him. Okay. I heard you won the city record last week. I did. Four minutes, 45 seconds. That's good, Thomas. Really good. But if you don't keep up your grades, it's gonna hurt you. Badly. You're skipping class. Your grades are slipping. You're hanging out with boys who aren't good to hang around. You know what I mean? Yes, ma'am. Thomas, 
I'm praying for you. Uh, thank you, ma'am, but I go to church and Sunday school and stuff, so you don't need to be praying for me. I'm okay, really. I'm praying anyway. All right. Thank you, ma'am. I had two very godly great-grandmothers who taught me the gospel. And hey, I grew up in the South, the Bible Belt. I figured I was a Christian because it was part of our culture. In the meantime, that anger inside of me was growing, a rage against the world. And one Friday, walking home from school, the world hit back. Hey, you! Immediately, I sensed trouble. Instinctively, I felt for my switchblade, the one that I was ready to use on my father when I was 12. In front of me was a member of the Vice Lord gang. I turned around, eight more gang members were coming up behind me. I quickly sized up what was going on. The guy in front of me, this was his initiation. Hey, I don't want trouble. You may not want it, but it's coming to you. <laughs> you missed big guy, too quick for you. <clears throat> I'm out of here. No, you ain't. Hey, look, look on me. Hey, I mean it, don't mess with me. He's got a blade. On the ground where you belong. <clears throat> We're going to teach you a little something. You don't mess with the vice lords. Hey! Leave him alone, or you got to deal with me. Run! You okay? Uh, yeah. Thanks. Let's get in the truck. Sure you okay? Yeah. I'm sick of this stuff happening in our neighborhood. I hear you. It makes me angry. Really angry. Out of the blue, God sent this stranger to defend me. Even before I knew God, he was looking out for me. Brian, my stepdad, was fed up with all the violence around us. He decided it was time for us to move across the border to Nesbitt, Mississippi. Here in the quiet country, I was no longer surrounded by rage and violence of the ghetto, but it was still inside me. Hey, man, what's... I'm done. What? That's it, I'm done. What's going on? Jesse, just drive. No, not until you tell me how it went with Mr. Kaiser. Kaiser? I don't know how he ever got to be vice principal of a high school. That man is an absolute idiot. He's not even rational. I'm guessing now... It didn't go well? I'm trying to work out my grades, trying to come up with a reasonable solution. He just calls me an angry young man. Nah, you. Thanks, Jesse. Sorry. But this is the fourth time you've been in this office. And each time... It's the last time. What do you mean? I'm done. I'm through. I quit. Whoa, Thomas, hold on. You're a senior. You can't quit school now. You're so close. A man's got to do what a man's got to do. Well, that makes so much sense. Seriously, Thomas, you're making no sense at all. You just said Mr. Kaiser wasn't rational. Listen to yourself. You can't just quit your senior year. Just watch me. I'm watching you, and you're scaring me. When I walked out that door, I told myself I'm never going back. So you're just going to sit around the house and eat your mom's brownies? <laughs> I'm going to make something of myself. An accomplished brownie eater? I'm leaving home. Wait, you're leaving school? And you're leaving home? I'm my own man now. I'm going to determine my own destiny. So where are you going to live? I'm going to live with Andre. You're going to live with a crackhead on the West End? Where people get busted and shot and killed? I already talked with him. I'm moving in tonight. Thomas, move in with us. I'll check with Mom and Dad, but I'm sure. Hey, that's really nice. Thanks. But no offense, I, I can probably get stuff I need at Andre's, you know? 
Drugs are killing you, my friend. And drugs are the only thing that's helping me through. Don't go to Andre's. Whatever you do, please. Nobody tells me what to do. I'll do whatever I want, whenever I want. Now drive. The West End was the tough part of town, but I was tougher, or so I thought. I got into lots of fights. One day, I came back to my place at Andre's and somebody had broken into my room and stolen everything I had. Oh no! I didn't have much, but now even the little I had was stripped away from me, except for one thing. I still had my switchblade in my pocket and my anger on my sleeve. I lay down on that thin, lumpy mattress with that dingy pillow. This was all that I had left in the world, and I just stared up at the holes in the ceiling. I could feel myself slipping into a deep, dark pit, and there was no way out. Thomas? Thomas! Hey, wake up, man. Are you dead? Thomas, please! Folks, we'll get back to Thomas's story in just a moment, but first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or... Visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org. And then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, unshackled. We take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to Thomas's story. Oh, man, we got to get you to a doctor. Thomas, listen to me. I'm going to get you out of here. You're coming to my place. I already asked Mom and Dad. There's no arguing this time. You're... No, Jesse. No. I, I I, am my own man. Look at me. You're doing a pretty lousy job with your own man. You're coming with me. Get your stuff. Come on. I don't have any stuff. What? They stole it. They stole it all. I got, all I got is this smelly blanket and this pillow and the clothes I'm wearing. Oh, <coughs> leave the blanket and the pillow. Come on. Jesse's family was different. Really different. I had never seen a husband and wife act like this. Hey, beautiful. Hey, handsome. What's cooking with you? Wouldn't you like to know? Well, as a matter of fact, I think I would. Oh, it smells delicious. Thomas, you okay? 
I didn't see you there. Oh, I I'm sorry. I just, uh, I, I, w I was just coming to get some tea. I, I don't want to, you know, interrupt anything. No, help yourself. You know where it is. Thank you, sir. And Thomas, you're not interrupting anything. Um, okay. <laughs> hey, you're Jesse's friend, but you're more than that. Your family. Got it? Got it. Thank you, ma'am. God was giving me a picture of something. Something I had never seen before. Check. Oh, you're sneaky. <laughs> That's what you get for leaving your bishop out there. Hey, Jesse. Yeah? Jokes. Uh, thank you. For? You know, bringing me here. Sure. That's what friends do. That's what family does. Yeah. Jesse? Yes, sir? We just got your report card. Oh, boy. You can come in. Jesse. Oh, it's pretty bad. A D in biology and a C in English? I know. Well, the rest of your grades are okay, but that's not okay. What's going on, son? I don't know. I guess I got distracted. Maybe I'm kind of done with school. I get that, but Jesse, if you don't pull up these grades, it could really hurt you. You still want to go to college? Yes, sir. Well, then you need to prove it. Not just to us, but to yourself. Look, I know you can do it, son. Push through. Finish strong. Got it? Yes, sir. All right, then. That was weird. Weird? He didn't yell at you or slap you or punch you. He just spoke to you. Yeah. You don't understand. That's weird. Weird to me. I realized I had many voices speaking into my life over the years, but there was one voice I was missing, the voice of a father. Hey, Thomas. Yeah. I don't know what you see in that old truck. Potential. Besides, I've got a gift for bringing trucks to life. I see. Hey, take a look at this. What you got? How'd you like to trade in your truck? For an F-15? Uh, sounds more like an F-16. Really now? I know my fighter jets. So, what's this? Air Force? You want to join with me? Well, it hadn't crossed my mind, but I can't. Why not? No high school diploma, remember? Never graduated. I already talked to the recruiter about that. Oh? Workbooks. Plow through these, get your diploma, and you're good to go. What'd you think? Something caught my attention that day. It was like there was this little boy inside of me longing for something. Maybe, just maybe, somewhere in the Air Force, I would hear his voice. The voice of my father. And not my actual father, of course, but a real father. Well, looks like you're doing better than you were with your truck back home. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful sight, huh? Yep. Hey, I'm hearing stuff. Like? Like you're really good at what you do. Like they've got their eye on you. <laughs> yeah, that can be a good thing and a bad thing. Truth was, I entered the Air Force as an angry, violent young man. In the Air Force, I became a well-trained, angry, violent young man. 
Then came the day I'll never forget. I was in the back of a box truck as we were dropping off missile launchers. I was sitting by the doors, which I thought were securely shut. Okay, doors secure. Good thing we got all the AIM-9 missiles unloaded. Why's that? His driving's getting worse and worse. He must have a date tonight he's trying to get to. Can you imagine having an accident in a truck full of missiles? Hey, it's bad enough with me sitting on these flares. Talk about being in the hot seat. Whoa! Slow down! Whoa. Watch, watch, watch it. It's Whoa. moving. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, man, look out! Grab the flares! <laughs> Thomas! He flew out the back! Stop the truck! Stop the truck! You know how in the Bible you read about someone who falls on their face before God? Well, that wasn't me. I just fell on my face, period, at 45 miles an hour. How's that for a cliffhanger, huh? Thomas Irvin fell off a truck, but it wasn't a turnip truck. No, he was a smart guy, but doesn't matter how smart you are, one can feel lost if you don't have a father figure to teach you things and, and uh, be present and assure you that everything is going to be okay. That's what dads do, right? Well, most of them. And on a much deeper level, that's what God does, if you let him. We're going to find out next week if Thomas Irvin lets God do that in part two of his exciting testimony. If you've been listening to our Unshackled Audio Drama podcast, you know that We've been answering questions from listeners. Well, today, we are going to share a comment from a listener. I have here uh, somewhere. Oh, there it is. I have here uh, a letter uh, from a listener. I have a letter that was sent to us from Lydia in Valdosta, Georgia. Uh, And here it is. Dear Unshackled Group, Hello, my name is Lydia. I am 12 years old, and already I love your program. I was saved at the age of five with the help of my teacher. I listen almost every night. I first heard of Unshackled from my brother. He is tall, and he is 15, already driving. He came home and was like, Lydia, you need to check out Unshackled now. That is when I first heard it. I just wanted to thank everyone who makes it possible for people like me to listen and be encouraged. Thanks for the programs that makes you face yourself and think. (laughs) Very good. P.S. I enclosed $10. I can't do a monthly thing, but I can do this little thing. Please use it wisely. Bye. Well, thank you, Lydia. That is so sweet of you. We really appreciate your kind words and support. And we will indeed use your donation wisely. Maybe we should send Lydia's letter to the United States Congress. They sure could use some instruction to spend more wisely. So, uh, folks, if you have a question or comment for us here at Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, something you may be curious about or even want to share with us, you can write us at podcast at unshackled.org. Or you can call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate 
our podcast. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. Okay, here's the prize for our upcoming sweepstakes contest. A beautiful wooden scripture plaque. And I believe the scripture uh, on this particular plaque is Hebrews 11.6. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And folks, this plaque is gorgeous, especially if you're looking for daily inspiration from Scripture. You will love this authentic and very unique wooden plaque. Um, It's been sawn from a tree branch or a log, and it looks like it. And, And it's cut in such a way so as to keep as much of the bark around the perimeter as possible. It's been handcrafted around the natural character and beauty of the wood that, uh, well, that God created. So all you have to do to enter our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast sweepstakes drawing is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org. And give us your name, phone number, and email. The winner of this sweepstakes for this beautiful scripture plaque will be announced on April 5th. But the deadline for entry is March 31st. And next time... Hello? Mama? Thomas, where are you? I've been trying to get a hold of you. Mama, I'm in jail. What? What happened? Urban, your service has been exemplary. Sir, I... So I'll make sure you get a general discharge under honorable conditions. Sir? I am deeply, deeply disappointed. (sighs) You're the best airman they have. And they kicked me to the curb just like that. Drugs aren't doing it anymore, you know? This right here is the crowning touch. A toast to us and our amazing future. Yeah, here. Please radio. Oh, please. Please help me. Where am I? Settle down, Mr. Irvin. You're in the back seat of a police vehicle. Thomas, I stuck my neck out for you. This is the only way I could get you out of jail. Yes, ma'am. But if you go back to the drugs and drinking... I know. The true story of Thomas Irvin on the next Unshackled. Heard in the true story of Thomas Irvin part one were Tim Frank, Angela Morris, Lisa Murray, Mara Kate Burns, Lawrence Halliburton, and Demetrius Troy. Original music and audio engineer Don Badorf. Sound effects Demetrius Troy. Recording engineer David Pierczynski. Script John Fornoff. Well, that's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ.